Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. Changes are coming to the Jamestown Public Market and other programs at St. Luke's Episcopal Church. Reverend Luke Fodor tells us more. We have St. Luke's Episcopal Church's Reverend Luke Fodor in, in studio with us today to talk about some exciting new things that are happening with the public market program. So welcome uh, to the studios. Thank you, Julia. So, and Happy New Year, because happy- here we are. It's we, we talked to you a few weeks ago about Christmas, and all of a sudden, it's, it's January. Exactly. A whole new clean slate to begin again. It is. So, I was uh, off on vacation last week, but I couldn't help but notice I had several emails about that there are new things happening with the public market this coming season. Indeed. One thing we're, we're really trying to, um, we have so many programs. And so kind of throughout the last year, we were trying to find a real clear way of organizing ourselves. And so the advisory committee was meeting to kind of evaluate what, what do we, how do we focus our mission and, and keep from that, you know, dreaded mission creep, um, but still hit all the points we want to hit. And we discovered that really the the Jamestown public and mobile market, which is kind of the the moniker we function under, uh, really is a bit clunky and perhaps doesn't represent all the things we do. Uh, And so we decided to kind of rebrand and we're kind of this rebranding is still in process. We're still waiting for for our logo from our graphic designer, but we're going to go under the name Grow Jamestown because it makes it's something that's one of our programs. We have, of course, the community garden uh, on. We've had two. We decided to kind of consolidate into a one garden situation uh, that's right on the corner of Lake View and Sixth, uh, where we have a, a demonstration garden. And it was an old program that an old name that, that the Jamestown Renaissance Corporation was using for some of their neighborhood and um, growing sense ability. And so we had the, the Grow Jamestown Garden Fair, which we decided kind of was a, a bit of a, a reach in, in a post-COVID world. It probably didn't make the same set of sense for us to continue to, to coordinate that. But we still feel like the name Grow Jamestown reflects the work we're doing. Because it's not merely about offering vegetables um, in, in fresh produce in, in the season. And it's not merely about helping um, our, our farm to school grants happen and education in that way. But it's this kind of comp- comprehensive um, title that really hits on many of the things we do. And it gets the heart of what we're trying to do, which is to grow Jamestown's food system and to help us understand why uh, buying local uh, produce in season when we can and, and then how to preserve it and how to get food access uh, into everyone's understanding helps the local economy, uh, helps our, our physical bodies, and in fact, really does grow the actual community in a healthful way. Yeah, and it's thinking about all the different programs that are have been you know kind of been brought in to St. Lucie whether through the public market or through from JRC um, which was under the you know J, the public mm-hmm. market was under JRC at one point it's there's a lot of things happening it's it's, it's, it's I think of it as it like kind of big 
wheel and like different the cogs sticking out of like oh here are all the things we're doing but if you if yeah you're talking about grocery so everything grows it's like you know this is whole wheel yeah. it's all connected it all keeps going and uh one of the big things that you announced is that you do have someone to oversee we have a new staff market. person yeah, yeah exactly nick weath is coming um on board um starting in about um i wish he were here today but he is starting the 15th um and he has a, a um, a quite impressive food systems understanding and background. Uh, he's from Texas originally, but went to school in Colorado um, and has a background in both uh, at culinary school and then uh, a business degree in kind of um, restaurateurs and kind of the food system. And then um, came to Buffalo um, through kind of a Teach for America program. And so he has a master's in special education. And then kind of through that kind of parlayed that um, uh, experience both with school systems from classroom situation into food preparation. And so he came to Chautauqua County to work for Forceville um, and really helped oversee their um, farm to school programming um, and really helped. Um, there's this New York State program that's quite um, uh, impactful where if you um, can uh, procure 30% of what's um, offered as part of the school district's food from New York State grown um, produce and food that includes you know your milk your apples uh, anything that's actually grown in New York um, if you can get that 30% threshold you get this large kind of payback at a, a bigger um, reimbursement from the state to help support that and so he was able to do that for a couple years up there it's it's difficult there's no it's either you hit the 30% or you don't and so you can invest in that process and not and he was um, one of my favorite questions we asked in the interview process was think about a project that you thought was unaccomplishable but you accomplished tell us about that because we're really interested in that growth mindset given that that we're all about growing and so that's the story he shared that he, he met that threshold and not only that he was able to um actually lower the overall cost for Forceville's school district in, in that, that growing space. And so he comes with a, with a, with a wide perspective of um, all kinds of work around food systems and with the, the idea that um, growing communities really helps um, at all levels with kind of that food system support. So we're excited to have him start. Um, he'll come with a lot of energy uh, and help us continue to expand, expand our programming. And yeah, I was thinking with the the farm to school program. Is is Forestville the only school in Chautauqua County that ha that successfully was able to? do that program i think that's the one i know about off the top of my head westville may have i don't think they actually did but they got they were looking into it. but forestville was the one that was the most successful and they did it for a couple of years running yeah and i, I can recall you know I, I i get various press releases from yeah. the state over the course of a day even and i remember reading about this program thinking oh that sounds like really neat i wonder if anybody's gonna ever do it seeing as how chicago yeah. county is this agricultural community Indeed. And, and you know things are literally just down the road if for a lot in a lot of cases for access to to food grown locally uh you know or you know even animals if in that case whether it's eggs or the mm -hmm. actual you know beef and poultry and that kind yeah. of thing oh yeah so that that's a, that's pretty exciting to have someone with that background and as i always think about oh someone's coming from outside the area but really he's been in western new york for a significant amount of time at this point yep. between buffalo and forestville and i think i've read in uh he, he's living in gowanda he is he and his partner have a house in gowanda but his partner also owns property in jamestown so he has an opportunity if need be to kind of stay 
here, there's an apartment here uh, as well. So uh, there's he's definitely of the community and not from the outside. But bring some of those outside perspectives that can help um, cross-fertilize, pun intended, our growing systems here. So. Well, will he just be overseeing the market part of um, the of, of the whole whole, whole Green Town Sam's Down? Yeah, so he's with the title. His official title is Food Access Manager, and food access is one of those funny terms. So we think. Um, it means different things to different people uh, and also different times, different seasons. You know, for our, our ancestors, food access meant canning. Um, and we still think that's a practice that's worth um, holding on to because there's nothing better than going to your cupboard and pulling out a fresh jar of peaches that grew locally uh, and that you put up uh, early in the summer and then there it is for you in the in the dread of dark winter days. Uh, you can taste the summer right there. Um, of course, and and today's world, we are more much more accustomed to going to the supermarket and buying fresh produce um, from very far away, um, often growing grown in conditions that perhaps um, if we knew how it was grown, we probably wouldn't eat it. Um, in fact, I heard some crazy story about um, people who buy the, because we're so strapped for time that we go and buy stuff that's already cut up. Um, and someone talked about this story, I, it was from some news outlet, about like minced garlic. And they, they did some investigative journalism to see that the way this minced garlic from China is processed is that um, people put the garlic in their mouth to remove the husk and they spit the husk out and then they put the garlic there and they chop it up. Often young children are chopping it up and then selling it. So sometimes what we don't know about, we realize there's injustice in the system. Um, but when you can go to the farm yourself uh, and see how it's being grown you can see where where people are being paid an equitable amount you can see that it's done in a healthful way and in a sanitary way um, so we think we're saving time sometimes by by buying processed food but ultimately um, sometimes some of those choices and no judgment I mean we eat what we can we do the best we can with what we can when we can um, but sometimes you know being fully informed means having a clearer sense uh, of where our food comes from and how it got there and and so that's really kind of what, what Nick will help us do, is help us understand the whole food system and, and really help people to see that access to it comes um, at various points. Right. And then even from an environmental standpoint, if you think of for buying mm -hmm. garlic that came from China, that in terms of, of the, the fossil fuels needed to get it from across oceans or whatever to, to the United States and then, you know, driven by trucks or tra rail or whatever, versus the garlic being grown in Chautauqua County. Mm -hmm. And maybe, yeah, still has to be transported from the farm to the market, but that that climate, you know, that it, that footprint is so much smaller uh, in comparison. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. And also knowing that, you know, it's if you're buying from you know, produce from outside the United States, there's no face. Mm -hmm. There's no face. So, so if you're buying, you can look, you know, a farmer in the eye and say, oh, how did you do this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just, it helps create real community. Um, we all want to live where we are um, and there's something about that that requires us to see eye to eye and i think that creates and invests in the 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 kind of life we, the kind of world we want to live in and we have the choice to do that you know um we had uh, mark Wynn come this last year and he helped us understand that it's not about being food consumers but rather food citizens when we can realize that we have the ability to advocate for healthy food um yeah, with our own dollars and where we choose to buy things. But more importantly, how do we help be a good citizen? And that means, of course, caring for our farmers. You know, we've all seen those bumper stickers, those green bumper stickers, no farms, no food. And it's true. Um, it, we, we might not 
make ourselves really um, aware of the full details of that. But if you read a Wendell Berry book, for instance, or find, you know, Nick Offerman's got a great narration um, on Audible uh, of most of Wendell Berry's works. And I was listening to one um, called The um, the Unsettling of the American Mind. Uh, and it's, it's 60 years old, the book is, but it reads as prescient as it is today. Like it is spot on about the way in which we're being ripped from our communities. Um, and the the deep specialization we have in today's culture means no one knows how to really fix anything or do anything or be even present. And so it's about how do we get rooted and grounded in our local communities? How do we empower local communities to do the work themselves instead of depending upon some silver bullet from the outside? And so I think this is why this work is so important because it's not just, it's about food, yes, but it's about community more and how do we create the kind of community we want to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about, you know, you take, you have grocery stores. With grocery stores around, you know, can be a very, you know, community gathering spot sure. of, of a sort. But public markets, I mean, the amount of human interaction required mm-hmm. at a public market is is just so much more. You have to actually talk, you have to exchange funds uh, with another person as opposed to, you know, sticking your credit card in something, yeah. doing self-checkout, whatever have yeah. you. So, and... You know, it brings it back to you know something related in terms of community is that you know there's this whole issue of loneliness right. in our community and well nationwide and I think probably you mean outside of the United States where people are not connected and you know don't know how to get connected but yet we have the tools right. with the, like with the public market and other um, activities you're doing mm-hmm. where people can come together and you know at least have that sense of human interaction. Certainly, exactly. It's key. I mean, I think we create our mental health and our physical health is related to how we eat, how we talk, how we shop, how we engage with other people. And that's the key work we're trying to do is to build community. Mm-hmm. I, I always like to look back and see yeah. how things went uh, for the previous year because they, like, there are a, a, a whole list of activities that um, have been happening. I'll also say Grow Jamestown because it's like it's hard to, yeah. to really. I think it's great that everything's coming under one title because uh, I was looking through the list of you know different things. I mean, we had the public market, we had the mobile market, the CSA, you know, and then all the individual little programs that are t- part of like either the public market mm-hmm. or within uh, your organization. How 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 did 2023 go this this past year? It was a great year. I mean, I think we were building on the success. People understand how important it was. COVID helped people realize just how important local food is. Um, because when our food chain got disrupted, there was this awareness, right? Oh, we need to do this. So people are, and again, being outside, shopping outside make, makes people feel sometimes more comfortable. So uh, the market continues to be um, very impactful on Saturday mornings. If, during the season, uh, our first Sunday, Sunday, our first Sunday, Saturday, will be um, the second Saturday in June. I think it's the ninth this year. Um, it'll be probably the Pride Sunday, Saturday as well, the whole Pride weekend uh, that happens in Jamestown, and that kind of kicks off the market season. Uh, and so that that will be our kind of start. And then it goes so from um, 10 to 2 uh, throughout most of the growing season. People can come and get local vegetables. And we had new vendors. Uh, we were pretty much at the max this last year as far as vendors that were there week in, week out. Um, Conklin Farm is continuing to, to grow and expand their work. Um, we were able to help farmers um, do their own value-added product. Um, the St. Luke's Kitchen is uh, certified by the health department to allow for kind of vendors to work out, work out of it and then to sell that. So Conklin's took advantage of that and were able to kind of create um, a 
I can't remember what Dave told me was his, uh, Uncle Jimmy's sauce or something like that, chili sauce and like that. It was delicious, by the way. So um, they were able to use the space to kind of enrich those things. And, you know, sales were continuing up. Um, we continued to have all kinds of great vendors who, who are part of that, that work. And we had prepared food for most of the year as well um, with our, our Colombian connection. Um, and that was kind of a, a helpful thing. But the, the public market was a, a major success. Um, we, for this year, um, were able to add to the advisory board um, uh, a vendor, which I think is a really helpful thing. So uh, Chrissy Conklin um, joined our advisory board kind of uh, late this fall um, after the season kind of was kind of wrapping up. I said, hey, Chrissy, would you come and, and help be uh, an advocate for the vendors? And of course, she has a background in, in culinary uh, studies, um, but also has a, ve- and a business background at Jamestown Business College too. So we're really excited by what she brings to, to the advisory committee. Um, and so that was a real big thing of success. So public market was great. Mobile market continued to um, serve folks. Um, it's amazing just how much we're able to um, use those those vehicles we have to get food all around the county. We partner with the county through our local roots program to get food to the seniors too. And so um, that's an assistance program. It's not a program that, that we are the um, uh, oversight, but we kind of subcontract with the county. And so our vehicles kind of run vegetables up to various stops to set up for people who are um, food insecure, stuck without a car sometimes in very rural housing situations. And so the Office for the Aging uh, has this grant uh, that allows them to provide the vegetables and we provide kind of the staffing to get get the, the, them displayed uh, and out in, in, in placement. Um, and our and our VeggieRx program kind of really expanded this year as well. We um, through a, a partnership with um, Blue Cross Blue Shield or Mara Group, um, they they gave us um, a substantial sum of money to um, expand the Red VeggieRx program to the North County. And so we worked kind of through the Fredonia market. I don't think we'll probably do that again, partly because we don't have the, the influx of cash from Mara Group, um, but also we weren't able to add the other values we'd like to add to that program, which is to kind of monitor and engage and do surveys with people who are using that Veggie RX. The idea is that healthcare providers are able to make a prescription of, of free vegetables for their um, their patients, and they can come in and get that throughout the season. We're probably going to pivot in a different direction um, and create something I'm calling the, the faithful eating program. Um, we're still trying to wait to see if we have the, the income for this. But there are a number of um, congregations on the north side that are um, led by people of color, um, particularly the Emmanuel Baptist, Emmanuel Temple, um, and then also the Islamic Society. Uh, and we haven't been able to really work over there because it's not a food desert, because Tops is right down the road there. Um, it's kind of our priorities with the mobile market has been kind of food deserts. And so um, through this additional funding, we've, you know, Amerigroup has come forward to say, sure, we'll, we can do half. So we're looking for the other half to do that. We're hoping to do kind of a, a faithful eating, which will adapt the Veggie RX program and help it happen it, with those congregational sites, um, kind of as the place. People go there for, for their own gatherings, Friday for, for Juma prayers, um, Sunday for, you know, Christian services. And so we'll allow us to kind of park the van there uh, and people can, can administer that and have access to those local veggies. So that's a new thing that's coming in 2024. But 2023 was a great year for the VeggieRx program as well. And I was thinking, going back, because you, you talked about the mobile yeah. market, and one of the, the, I call it, it was a companion program you did, was the, the CSA. Mm-hmm. And it, did you 
find that, that that was a program that you'll continue into this next year? Um, do you find that it's meeting its goal and helping support the mobile market? Yeah, um, we we are definitely going to continue it. Um, it's um, it's a little bit different somewhat than the mobile market. So the mobile market sometimes just says to the farmers, whatever you have excess of, give us that and we'll sell that. Whereas a CSA is kind of a bit more um, targeted. I think it was a little bit under... Uh, resource this last year. And so my hope is that in 2024, it'll be even more uh, impactful and, and be more intentional and will increase our communication. It was kind of a, a shuffling of things. So Jessica Frederick, who is um, soon to be a priest at St. Luke's, um, her first career was as a farmer. And so she started the CSA program, uh, started a CSA program at St. Luke's back seven years ago or so before she was even thinking about ministry. Um, and so she helped create this uh, eat fresh do good program um, and so the goal is, and then she kind of saw it the first year and then um, other responsibilities kind of crept in and so she was still doing seminary and going to school so she's taking it back over this year and I'm, I'm certain that will uh, impact that program and make it even more uh, intentional and thought through and, and bring vegetables but it does support the mobile market which is helpful um, this year we've uh, put, put in for a grant from New York State um, we don't know about whether or not we've received it yet but there will be in a partnership with the YW um, and I think even if we don't get the grant uh, Amanda and I have talked about okay, how do we do this even if we don't have the grant how do we support I mean, you're right across the street. Um, you can use SNAP benefits to procure the fresh vegetables. Uh, and this the SNAP Ed program that New York State has is really about then teaching those kind of food access skills. Like, what do you do with these things? Um, and, and you know, it's one of those things where I think it'll help. Um, Jessica, of course, has a young child who's kind of in the halls of the YW. So I think there'll be a great partnership that emerges from that. But the CSA program continues to be there. We'll have our sign up soon um, for the year, kind of probably in, in the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll hear a, a sign out about that you can check the website uh, as well um, that people can sign up for for that csa program and csa stands for community sponsored agriculture which really allows um, folks to kind of pre-purchase their vegetables kind of say hey we'll we'll, we'll be in for the year um, and then you get essentially um, you're signing up for a, whatever is in season throughout the whole growing season so i think it's a 14-week season where you get a, a basket of vegetables for pickup on a Wednesday. Same day we do the mobile market, we pick up the same vegetables, and so you're eating at the same metaphorical table that folks who um, are really in, in need and using SNAP benefits um, are, if you have the means to use your own cash. But if, you, if you're just on SNAP, ed, SNAP, ed, SNAP benefits, that's great too. You can still eat those same vegetables with that same, that same program. So that's, that's helpful as well. Anything else from um, the previous year that, that was happening? either you know with the market or with programs related to the market or even just things that support yeah yeah so um we we continue to really c connect with the community we um the last year we I, we got a grant for usa usda um farm to school grant and i think it was it was awarded in 2022 but we also uh, kind of got finished it out in 2023 um and we helped bush school kind of create a garden um and helped uh, procure all the elements they needed for that. And that was kind of the main thing. Their little gardening club now has 75 kids that are a part of it. It's incredible. Wow. Like to see the energy and vitality and the teachers there are fantastic. So we're hoping, and it's kind of sparked the whole um, JPS district to kind of coalesce their various gardens and come together for planning purposes as well. So uh, we're hoping to help continue to support some of that work because I think it's really important the kids understand where their food comes from. You know, I know when I take my kids out to, to go pick something with me you pick or even out to the garden to pick 
peas, they'll eat them. If I serve them peas from the store, they're like, mm, no, thank you. But when they're fresh peas from the, from the bush, they'll eat them. And there's mm-hmm. something about that. I think kids really do rejoice when we celebrate food instead of just kind of pulling it out of the plastic and say, here you go. You know, So that's been a real successful program this last year. Um, Empty Bowls was a great um, event, as usual. This is our second Empty Bowls we did this year. Uh, we were able to raise about $16,000, which is amazing. We're so grateful for the uh, Empty Bowls Chautauqua, uh, Empty Bowls Chautauqua uh, potters who help contribute to that as well. It's amazing um, the way that, that that event can can generate so much funding. And so it goes to um, Western New York Feedmore uh, and then also to, the, to fund the mobile market. Mm-hmm. So that was a great success this season. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of so many exciting things. And even you've given even a hint of things to come. And one thing that sticks out of me, this is you have a lot of people who help out with mm. these activities over the course of the year. Like, you know, if someone wants to get involved with volunteering, how, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, yeah. So um, you can either go to the Jamestown um, Public Market website, which we haven't yet changed over. So it's still, it's still jtownmarket.org, I believe is the website. Or you can um, find us on, on social media as well. Um, but you could pinging us in any way, email, uh, you know, messenger, DM, that, that works too. Um, but we, we often need volunteers. It's a way, to, again, to celebrate um, with the community. You can also call the church office and we'll take your name and get you to, to Nick. Um, I don't have his, his new extension or number yet, um, but we'll, we'll make sure. So if you just reach out to St. Luke's uh, at the office or any of the online platforms for the Jamestown Public Market, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to respond. But we definitely need all kinds of volunteers because that's how you create community, by bringing people together. And that's really what we're looking to do. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you'd like to give us uh, information-wise about what's coming up with Grow Jamestown this this year or anything else happening at St. Luke's? I think um, we're just excited about this new year. I mean, I think the the opportunity to, to grow and to expand and to our advisory committee is really coming in, into its own and really uh, excited about the next steps. And so look look for more details. I think with this, this re, the rebranding will come out um, and the new logo and we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to celebrate all those, those things. We're looking for vendors too. If people want to vend uh, on Saturdays, um, we'll have a kind of a new new vendors um, workshop probably in February, um, maybe March, somewhere in that, that space. But just mark your calendars for, for that second Saturday in June. I think it's ninth. Uh, that is the beginning of the growing season here in Western New York. Well, and when, once Nick is fully on board, I look forward to having him in to talk to him. We'll probably, they'll be closer to when the market starts up. For sure. Maybe, maybe in, in, in May I can snag him and yeah, say, hey, course. come, come yeah. in, t- let's meet. So, well, well, look, I appreciate you coming in to talk with us and give us all this you know, fantastic news uh, and what is happening with Grow Jamestown. And, uh, you know, Happy New Year once again. Thank you, Julia.